Our reading today is just a short one-liner from the author, James Baldwin, and I'll read it twice. He writes, Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. Well, we're going to venture ahead anyway. So get out your, your, your GPS systems, your mapping devices. We're going uh, back into the map. We've been exploring maps. We're starting this, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Mapping a Life. And uh, we've been looking at different maps to live our life by. So we have this one map up here by a local artist from the Twin Cities, and there's 30 different languages represented on the map of people who live in the Twin Cities. So that's one sort of map that we can think about as we orient ourselves in this world. Another map maybe you saw when you came in the front door is that big map of the Twin Cities, like an actual grid map, a street map. And you're invited to put a dot, I think it's a little dot, on the spot where you live. So we have a sense of where we're coming from. Where, where, what neighborhoods do we live in? Who are our neighbors? And maybe that's a map we could think about when we look at this map. And when we sit next to each other in the pews, we know, wow, some people came from you know, Woodbury or from St. Paul somewhere. It's another map to, to think about how we orient ourselves in the world. So today we're in part two of Mapping a Life, this sermon series. And in this series, we've been reflecting on what we're calling the consumer culture map and the values that that map lifts up for us to orient our lives, for us to live our lives. And we've been looking at what we're calling the spirit map or the faith map, a different map that lifts up a different set of values, a a way we might live and be in the world. So if you look inside your order of service in the the, the inside, inside part, I think it's the main part where the order of service is, you'll see this box that says reflections, and you'll see the consumer culture map values and the faith map values. And so we're in that second line. That's what we're talking about today. Last Sunday, if you weren't here, just a, just a very quick catch-up, uh, I suggested that we're living in an apocalyptic time that we are living in an apocalyptic time. And I don't mean sort of the end of the world time, you know, the rapture and the floods and fires and all that kind of stuff. And um, who's the, there's this guy, Harold Camping, I think his name is, who's like three times this year basically said, actually, I need a reset. The end of the world is coming up now. And we just went through another one of those end of the world times. I'm not talking about that kind of apocalypse. Um, I, I'll remind you that, that the root of the word apocalypse means to reveal, to unveil. And so what I talked about last Sunday was this notion that what we're seeing when we really open our eyes and our hearts and look around the world, we're seeing this big unveiling. We're seeing the consumer culture map and those values are being revealed as not working, as not helping human beings, not helping the planet, not serving the deepest questions of our spirit. So there's this big unveiling, this revealing that's taking place, and we need to land in a new map with a new set of values, and we're exploring that map, that spirit map, uh, today and for the next three Sundays. In that, in that sermon on hospitality, I just really briefly, I suggested to you that hospitality is a delivery vehicle for hope. Hospitality is about really seeing and welcoming and embracing someone, a stranger, about opening the circle of of love and welcome even wider. If you missed that, check it out online. There's lots of other resources online. And today, we're jumping into love, 
or fear. Mapping a life, love or fear. We don't like to dabble with the small topics. We're just going in big, big and deep. Really, what's bigger than love or fear, really? And maybe, maybe the best way to get into that, to kind of start to frame this up for you, is I will reflect a little bit, share with you a little bit about my, um, some of the fears I have. Reflect with you, share with you some of the fears that I have, and how they're, I think that they're generated and shaped by the consumer culture map. Um, I also want to say before we get into this that some fears are just fine, Right? Like, it's fine to be scared of spiders. At the earlier service, there was reports that at some point, before everyone came for the 930 service, there had been a bat in here, right? So it's okay to be afraid of a bat. It's okay to be afraid of a spider. It's okay to be afraid of tornadoes or icy sidewalks. Those are, it's been a long time since we've had those, but they're coming back soon. Those are things that are, it's fine to be afraid of. And what I want to, to suggest is that the consumer culture map has a different kind of fear that gets in our bodies and in our spirits in a different way. And that's what I want to lift up by sharing some of my fears that I think are shaped by that map. So here we go. Uh, some of this is kind of funny, but it's all sort of true, and it, it points to something bigger that I'll unpack. So one of my fears is sometimes that I'll forget to turn this mic off, right? And you'll hear me singing or say something really inappropriate. <laughs> because I'm a little bit irreverent at times, and so that's, that's a little bit of a lagging fear. Um, a more, here's, so maybe we'll do this back and forth, like kind of a jokey fear and a real fear. Here's a real fear. Uh, this, is, this is really interesting, um, to say, and I'm not sharing any of this to like get sympathy from you or be like, oh, Justin, blah, blah, blah. I'm just acknowledging, naming these things. So here, here's what it is. Sometimes I fear that I don't know enough, that I'm not educated enough, that as your minister, I don't really have a grip on like all the things I should have a grip on. And so I'm up here Sunday after Sunday sort of sharing with you to the best of my ability a worldview, a vision of how we might be in the world. And I, the fear is that some Sunday someone's going to stick their hand up and be like, fraud, (laughs) (laughs) imposter, (laughs) you actually don't know what you're talking about. Um, And of course that's not true. I mean, I've done a lot of work in seminary and all this kind of work, but in the consumer culture map, and I think what that fear points to is that map tells us we should be afraid, we should be very afraid of not knowing enough, of not being smart enough or educated enough or really having it all together, right? Can you relate to that on some level? Yeah, okay, so we're on the same page. This is good. It's not just me. So here's another one. This is kind of funny. This is kind of a funny fear, but sometimes, and I think this is shaped by the consumer culture map, sometimes I worry about my wardrobe. <laughs> I worry, right? So I have, I, you've seen the suit before probably, right? Yeah, right? Because I have two suits. I have this one and another one, and that's what I wear. <laughs> Sometimes I wear them for weeks on end. You could call it my uniform. <laughs> and in the consumer culture map, I think we're instructed to be afraid. Be very afraid if you're not hip, enough, if you're not dressed well enough, if, if someone, woe be upon us, actually sort of poo-poos your clothes, or even someone at the first service was talking about your hair, or those kind of things. It's a silly thing, right? But, but I think the consumer culture map pokes at that. Here's another really silly one. Sometimes I worry when I sit down at a table, a big fancy table, 
that I will embarrass myself. I worry I will embarrass myself. Not so much anymore. It used to be stronger. Because there's all, these, all this darn silverware and like all these plates and all this stuff going on. You're like, do I put the silverware here or hide it in my lap? Is the server going to take it? Like, what is going on? Again, you've been there. Some of us have been there, right? If you've been at a big fancy meal and you're like, what do I do with all this stuff? Um, the place that points to, the place on the consumer map that that points to is, am I good enough? Do I belong here? Do I understand the rituals and the, and the routines and the things that happen here to actually be at this table in an authentic way? Can anybody tell that I'm just faking it? So here's where I think all of that stuff points. It's a lot of it's light and kind of funny, and I think you can relate to it. I think where all of that points to, like you have enough of those experiences kind of building up of like, am I dressed well enough? Do I do the right thing? Do I say the right thing? Do I know enough? All of that builds up, and there's this growing sense of fear that we're not enough, of not having enough, we're not doing enough, or have the right things. And so that begins to slip into this deeper cycle of, oh my gosh, maybe I'm just not good enough as a parent. Maybe I'm not good enough as a caretaker for my elderly parents, or maybe I'm not a good enough partner, or then it slips a little bit more, and wow, I'm just really not even sure I'm good enough anymore. I'm not even sure I'm worth very much, or even worthy of being loved. And somewhere in there, we forget this inner light. We forget our own wisdom and intuition and sense that we actually have a lot that we know about ourselves when we pay attention and when we pay attention to the world. So what I've noticed in all of that is that the consumer culture map doesn't, like a UPS delivery person, doesn't just walk up to your door and ding, ding, and like you open it and you're like, hey, and they give you a big thing of fear. Here, here's some fear. Um, it doesn't work like that. It's just sort of in the whole ocean that we're in, the whole environment that we're in, these little cues that say you're not enough or you're not good enough or you should be afraid, very afraid that you don't have it together. So those are just a few of my opening thoughts and reflections, and I wondered as I was writing this sermon what some of your fears might be. And I can imagine if you're here for the first or the second time, you might be thinking, holy mackerel, like, I'm new to this worship service. Is that guy going to call me up, like, front like he did those other people because I'm new and, like, (laughs) you know, like, do some weird, like, altar call? Is he going to make me stand up and dance around in the pew? That comes the second visit, so don't worry. We're not there yet. No, we're not going to do any of that. I'm just kidding. So, again, that's, that's, that's humor's a way into this, but on a more serious level, I wondered when I was writing this, are, are some of you in the pews um, afraid, fearful, of how close you feel to really falling apart? How close you feel to falling apart because of health issues, because of financial stress, because of a job that you're about to lose or have lost, because of parenting, maybe parenting, you're that close to falling apart because parenting is so hard, or your home is being foreclosed on, or your marriage is coming undone, or relationship is not working, or you have an ill or dying partner. And maybe, I wondered, some of you are this close. You feel so afraid that you're that close to falling apart, to losing it. And yet, and yet there's this sense I trust you feel it. I certainly feel it in this culture that you've got to keep playing the game. We have to keep playing the game that says, well, we'll just pretend things are fine. We'll keep playing the game that says everything's fine and it's terrifying and frightening and it's killing us. 
Let me say that another way. Maybe you're afraid of truly confronting the pain in your life, the big, massive feelings that are there if you're a living, breathing person, and you all are, so I trust there are big feelings there, the ones that seem too big or too scary to actually express. And so the fear of confronting that pain might mean that you turn to the bottle or you turn to pills or you turn to the internet or any, any number of other things as a way to numb out, to tune out, to try to keep that pain at bay. So if that describes you, you're not alone. You're not alone. As the Reverend Forrest Church reminds us, we devise so many ways for fear to bind our hearts. We find so many ways to armor and protect ourselves. We have a fear of intimacy, he says, a fear of disappointment, a fear of embarrassment, even fear of confrontation. And as I've been thinking about this map in the consumer culture values and the spirit map values, here's what I'm realizing about fear. I'm realizing that fear, in the context of the consumer culture map, fear makes us put on a false sense of strength, a false showing of strength. We pretend. Fear makes us pretend to be strong, to have it all together. Are you with me on that one? Does that seem true? That, that we're scared, we hurt, there's some things not going right in our lives. And so rather than turn toward that and name that or express that, we put up some armor or a barrier. And, and in that fear then, we pretend we're strong and have it together. And I think that's one of the things happening on the consumer culture map. And you know how this exchange goes. Maybe you've been the asker. Maybe you've been the one answering. It's like, hey, how are you? I'm fine. Or, you know, wow, you really, don't you, I thought maybe you wanted it to be that way instead of this. Well, I don't care. Or everything's okay. Or I can handle it. Or I don't need help. Or just simply, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And of course, nothing could be further from the truth. Beneath that presentation, that false presentation of strength is grief and pain and heartbreak and who knows what else. Lots of big feelings underneath there. And here's, here's what I think the crux of the issue is. In that consumer culture map, on some level, we have been taught to be afraid of our feelings. Why? Why? Here's what I think. Because when you have big feelings, when you're like really upset or really happy or really angry or whatever it might be, or in deep, deep grief, like when you're rending your clothes and like sobbing and falling, you've lost control. When you have really big emotions, you lose control. And I think what the consumer culture map tells us is that the thing we need to be most afraid of is to lose control of our emotions, to not have it all together. The most terrifying thing that could happen is to actually be vulnerable in the consumer culture map, to actually be open and vulnerable. Let me say that again. The consumer 
culture map tells us that the thing to be most afraid of, I think, this is my read on it, is of appearing weak, of not having it together, of losing control of our emotions, of actually being vulnerable. And I think this is, are you with me on that? Is this tracking? Does this seem right? You can, we can talk after the service if you disagree. I, th- I think that's true. That's my read. And I think this is particularly brutal for men. And I'll just talk for myself for a minute here. I mean, I, my journey, I'm 36 years old, and my journey, and I feel like I'm a pretty emotionally open person, and still a huge part of my journey has been to get in touch with the full range of, of feelings that I have. I think this is brutal for men because we have like this little window we can operate in as far as what we're feeling. Women too, but women have a little wider range. But for men, it's this little space and so I've been around friends before, male friends. I'm like, how are you doing? And they're actually like shaking, right? Because they're so filled with something, grief, or I don't know what it is. And they're like, fine. I'm like, dude, you're lying. <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's something big there. Something big. And we're so afraid, so afraid of being vulnerable, of losing control. And I think essentially what we've picked up is that we should be afraid of ourselves. That map says we should be, the consumer culture map says we should be afraid of ourselves, of those big, deep feelings, our own deepest truths. And so fear, fear at its most basic level is about hiding our hearts, keeping them protected and safe and under control. Not super life-giving. Not an invitation into deep, abundant life. Not an invitation into the range of what it means to be human. But no, keep that locked up. Fear says, keep your heart hidden. And this is where love comes in. So we've kind of been talking about fear and how that works in our lives. And this is where love comes in. Because love, I believe, does not get rid of fear. It doesn't just say, okay, fear, be gone. (laughs) But love helps us turn toward the fear and find a way through the fear and move into richer life. Love calls our hearts out of hiding. Love is about vulnerability and authenticity and honesty, and love is risky. As the Reverend Forrest Church says, we sense that risk. Every time we open ourselves up, every time we share ourselves with another, every time we commit ourselves to a cause or a task that awaits our doing, we risk so much. Every time we put ourselves out there in a way that says, I care, I'm showing up, this matters to me, we risk disappointment. We risk failure. We risk being embarrassed or being inadequate. But this is where love invites us to face that, to say you can move through that. You can have the hard conversation. I think love is that spirit or that source or that big inviter that says, hey, come on out of the the dark, fearful closet you put yourself in. Come, come on out, tender heart, of the, the terrifying place you've locked yourself away in. Whenever fear has cornered us or silenced us, I think love says, come on back. And I'm thinking right now, because he's speaking on Tuesday, I'm thinking of Randy Roberts Potts. 
the gay grandson of Oral Roberts. And I'm thinking about the story he'll share with us, his coming out story in the Roberts family. I, I, was, I worked at a church in Tulsa for five years, and so I, I know what the Oral Roberts sort of empire is. It's a massive deal. And they have this big prayer tower, and it permeates the culture. And so Randy Roberts Potts grew up in that and came out in that culture as a gay man. And I wondered, I wonder how hard that was. And Also how important it was for his own salvation to be truly who he was in the world. I would bet, I don't know if he would use this language, but I would bet that he would say love called him out. And love calls him still to speak on behalf of those who are in closets, whatever kind of closets, those who are bullied, those who are are marginalized, those who do not yet have the same rights that I have as as a straight man to celebrate their love and commitment with a marriage he would say love calls him to speak to those things. I think the old map, the consumer culture map, that map has us hiding in some crazy closets. We're afraid. We're bunkered down. We're pretending things are just fine when all we have to do is look around with open eyes and hearts and see our homeless neighbors and read about our, our, our veterans coming home from the war who can't find work or who have tremendously high suicide rates of, and depression and violence in their families to say, wow, something's not working. Something is not working here. The old map isn't working. We need truth tellers and people who can speak the truth in love about what is happening in our world. Fear has had its time. Fear has had its time in our lives and in the world. And this church, and I am calling you to live a different life, to live on a different map. It is time to say to one another, to ourselves, be not afraid. 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 Why? Because love holds and sustains us. We come from love. We return to love. We are held by love. Remember Kate's prayer this morning. Abiding love, do not let us go. And that love reminds us we are enough. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Remember that the best people you know are the ones who are most real, who are most honest, who share with you their heartbreak and hurt and worry. Remember what James Baldwin said, love takes off the mask we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. And that, I think, is where the real strength lies. The real strength lies in that willingness to be vulnerable. Fear says, dress right, talk right, have the right job, have the right things, do the right things, smell the right way, look the right way, keep it all together, keep the mask on, that will keep you safe and strong. And love says, nope, not true. Love reminds us that we're not asked to be perfect or have our stuff together. We're only asked to be true to who we are and to see one another as the amazing miracles we are, to see others' struggles as our own, to see others' desires as our own, to trust that we are indeed our brothers' and sisters' keepers. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid.
I want to close with these words of blessing from John O'Donohue. These words of blessing that will help us land in the spirit map around love. May my mind come alive today. May my mind come alive today to the invisible geography that invites me to new frontiers, to break the dead shell of yesterday, to risk being disturbed and changed. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. Be not afraid. I love you. Amen.